Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this next episode and I've got the wonderful Laura Weston from Savvy Peacocks with me. And uh, she wrote a bit of a bio that I couldn't possibly compete with. So I'm just going to read what you said and then we can jump straight into it. So after enjoying tw a 20-year career with one of the world's largest banks, Laura founded a financial coaching business called Savvy Peacocks. Laura is also co-parenting. Co um, she's got three children and a one-year-old puppy. So it's a good job that she works best when she's busy. I can imagine. So many people got a puppy during lockdown. Um, so Savvy Peacocks supports families to break down the taboo subject of money within the home through a collaborative learning approach for both parents and children, which just so links into all my stuff. I love it. And she has a mission to increase financial literacy across the UK and through future generations by working with children as young as five years old up to 21 year old and you can connect with Laura I'll put everything on the show notes but you can connect with Laura on Instagram at Savvy lower dash at the bottom peacock <laughs> and on Facebook at Savvy Peacocks and she's also launching a fantastic new podcast in April Money Savvy Parents and she's on Clubhouse so yeah she does like being really busy so welcome, <laughs> welcome, Laura, to this podcast, and we're going to talk about loads of things. I love, I love your ethos on where you're coming from about money and financial things, and just talking to kids about money. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. I'm really pleased to be here. It's something that I think is really important that a lot of people perhaps don't even give a second thought to, but for me, talking to children about money is one of those key life skills that needs to be up there along with teaching them how to swim and teaching them how to cook and use the washing machine. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I, I've got two older children. Um, my eldest is 32 and the next one down is 31. And I can remember on a Friday when they got off the school bus, they would get money in their hand and we would go to the shop and they could pick out what sweets they wanted. So they had an understanding of the value of money. Whereas now, a lot of the time, we just throw it in the shopping basket and pay with a card when we get to the till. So, so many children don't even get to handle money in yeah, shops that's a, like we used to. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually, because I feel like we're going to become even more so of a cashless society. I mean, I can't remember the last time I touched cash. Um, so for me, it's having that discussion of it's not just in my phone or in my watch or in my card. It actually comes from a place that I've had to put money into in order to pay for this. Um, and every opportunity we've got to share with them around bank accounts and money and how that works, then, then the better. Someone actually asked me the other day about piggy banks, because I'm not even sure if my children will probably even see that. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they often have like a few 
a few 50p's given to them from the tooth fairy but aside from that they don't ever see any other cash no. um, and it's even got worse over recently it's like the contactless now you just flash it in front of a machine and yeah so you can understand why so many young people now you know struggle around money and things because it's kind of like something we don't see it's it's on a card we don't know where it comes from or where it goes the transactions that take place it's all in the ethos somewhere <laughs> yeah i think this is where though that you can sort of display how it's really important to get into the nitty-gritty of those figures and yeah. understanding where your salary is going each month and ensuring that every pound has a purpose and that you're working towards certain goals um, and then sharing that with your children as they grow up and they start to ask questions about money is helping them understand how you can structure your salary and it's not just a matter of seeing how long it can last for <laughs> which is often a mistake a lot of people make. That's it I had a conversation my youngest is 16 he's doing his GCSEs and just finishing school and he's looking at getting an apprenticeship and earning his own money and things and I think the the minimum for it is around £4.50 or something and I was laughing at him saying you will soon tot up how much money you earn in an hour and believe me you won't be wanting a takeaway domino pizza on a Friday night that costs you £30 when you know how many hours it's actually cost you you know in time to earn that money for that domino pizza yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually, that I don't think enough of people do because we often just buy things without even thinking about it. A takeaway is an easy one. Um, yeah. and, and that's even got more expensive, hasn't it, since we've been in lockdown. But um, when you draw that back to, OK, well, I've had to, in your, your son's case, work five or six hours to get that takeaway. Yeah. Um, it's not really worth it. And, and moreover than that, if you look at what you could do with that £30 instead of spending it on a takeaway and the benefit that that could do to help grow your wealth, then it becomes even more important um, because even a small amount like £30 um, can have a massive impact on your wealth if it's put in the right place. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's it's making money work for you. That that to me is just fascinating. When kids get their head around that, you know, and... and from a psychological point of view, I think as a, a society, we're so good at instant gratification. What can I get now? What's going to satisfy me now? And, you know, yeah, get that Domino's pizza. But in 20 minutes, that money's gone. That pizza's gone. And what have you actually got to show for it? It's everything's disposable. Yeah, it's a balancing act, isn't it? Because yeah. I do I do definitely believe in treating yourself and having the things in your life that you enjoy but it's making sure that you're also balancing that with preparing for your financial future and making your money work harder for you, as you've just said there. So it's, it's balancing the two and takeaways is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's costly um, and you could probably have just a nicer meal by making it yourself and it would be less than half the price. So it's consciously making that purchase rather than just thinking, oh, well, it's Friday night. Let's get a takeaway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it's how, you know, I don't know, my mindset around certain things is it's kind of like that rolling stone going down the hill the first thing, you know, the momentum starts quite slowly. But once you get being money savvy, you it's not that you become a tighter person, so to speak, but you're more aware of how you spend your money. And I yeah. think that's, that's a really positive thing to get into. 
Yeah, so this is where I'm talking about when you get paid, it's working out where that money's going to go in advance before, you know, worrying about getting to three quarters of the way through the month and thinking, how am I going to survive that last quarter is knowing in advance, right, I've set this much aside for food. So I know that I can't go over that. So if I get to the 25th of the month, and I don't have any money left in that food budget, it's baked beans for the rest of the rest of that month. Because you've been there. <laughs> Yeah, you've accounted for that food budget. Yeah. Um, and, and at the same time, as I've already said, I think it's important to set some money aside to treat yourself and do the things you enjoy and make sure that you're fulfilling your hobbies and your interests um, at the same time as preparing for your future. So it's making sure that you've got all your bases covered out yeah. of your monthly salary to make the most of it. So what sort of conversations would you encourage parents to have with the, the children around money and finances? If we kind of start at the five-year-old age range, what sort of, you know, I would imagine it's a lot about, I don't know, role-playing and exploring things like that with children at that age. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you pointed out about the five-year-old thing because um, children actually decide their own money habits or their approach towards money from age seven so it's really important to be having these discussions from age five because that's where they're going to start exploring and ask, asking questions and understanding what money can and can't do. Yeah. Um, so what I like to do is make sure that the children understand that there are lots of things you can do with money and it's your choice how you spend it. But in an ideal world, you're looking at um, three different places to spend your money. So first and foremost, the smaller bucket or the smaller pot is your everyday, as you say, instant gratification. I want to go and spend some money on some sweets or there's a particular small toy that I wanted something. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to go and treat myself. Then you might want to put some of your money towards what I call the medium pot. So something you're saving up for. So I really want to get this new Sylvanian family set or which we know is expensive or yeah. <laughs> you know, some particular Lego. Um, so I'm going to tuck some of my birthday money away into that medium term pot or that medium bucket. Yeah. And then longer term, explaining to them that if you look after your money now, it's going to help you in the longer term. And these are some of the things that you might want to think about. So when you're grown up, do you want a car when you start learning to drive at 17? Um, do you want to go and travel the world before you start working? So it's explaining to them that they have got choice. And that there's three different places in which they could perhaps put their money. And I always get quite excited when I hear parents doing that with their children and finding that their children are sort of signed up to that ethos early on. It's not just, oh, I've been given £50 for my birthday. How can I spend it instantly? What can I buy? It's how can I structure it and make the most out of that money? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea having the three different pots as well, because that's a really simple concept. And I completely agree with you saying, you know, that the, our thoughts around certain things are fixed by the age of seven. That, that links in again so much with my psychotherapy background. There's a, an old Chinese proverb that says something like, give me the child of seven and I'll give you the man, which kind of just says it all that, you know, the way we feel we interact with people and how we are in the world, everything is kind of fixed at seven, which is frightening when you think about it that as an adult I'm living my life on the decisions that I made before the age of seven it's no wonder that you know we, we feel the way that we do in certain situations when we're reacting like a seven-year-old 
and that we're learning from those around us as well if yeah. you think about your own money habits and the way you approach money the chances are it's probably what was displayed to you as a child yeah. and and what you've interpreted and and therefore take it into adult life and i i meet lots of clients and friends who sort of i start off by saying okay so how do your parents approach money because the chances are that probably ends up being the same and then we kind of unpack it from there and give them the opportunity to change it through the future generations yeah i i had this conversation with um julie flynn i know that you know her and it, yeah, she's I, a good friend of mine yeah it was a really interesting conversation because when i talk about my parents they had completely different views around money wealth success and finances my mum is really risk averse literally she, everything goes in the bank and, and she doesn't like parting with anything whereas my dad was quite entrepreneurial and was really good at taking risks so for me I'm kind of in the middle of these two voices that are saying yeah spend it go and have a wonderful time and the other part of me is going god no put it in the bank and never touch it again so I, I do flip flop between anything to do with money and finances that's probably a good place to be, though, I think, you know, in it's my not mind, when you're in my head, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. You know, you should be able to go out and enjoy yourself, but understand that there is a bigger picture as well. Yeah. So if you can center yourself in between both of those, then then that's the ideal, really. Um, I don't think there is like a one size fits all. If you can take um, a, a mixed approach at various different points in your life, depending on what your goals are, then it's going to lead to a, a happy life financially. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that, you know, we could probably talk a little bit about is that, you know, children, you, you, you talk about, you know, this should be taught in schools. Children should be taught a lot. I can remember when, and it's a long time ago when I was in, in school, that we, I used to do something called commerce. That was one of the options that I took. And we were given, you know, theoretical pretend money and had to look on the back page of the newspaper. It used to say the stocks and shares. Mm -hmm. So we got to dabble, you know, wasn't real money, but with this pretend £10 on stocks and shares. I'm not sure whether they still do that sort of stuff in schools now. No, they don't. And what, what happens in schools at the moment is that there is kind of like a loose part of the curriculum that kind of gets skimmed over a little bit. Um, and some of the high street banks do offer to go into schools. But what happens inevitably is that the school isn't interested in a high street bank going in because then they're worried about being sort of set affiliated with a certain bank or having bank accounts pushed onto them. Um, I have quite a strong opinion on this, to be honest, because I don't actually believe that um, finances and money should be taught in schools. I believe that it should be taught within the home um, and that it's one of those, as I said at the beginning, one of those life skills that's our responsibility as a parent to teach our children. And if we're not particularly financially literate ourselves, then it's about getting ourselves educated to then pass on to our future generations. Because of course, the risk of it being taught in school is it might be that the teacher's not particularly financially literate, or she might not be able to, or he might not be able to answer all of the questions. Or it might be that they're following the curriculum, but don't really understand it themselves. It can be a little bit of a minefield. And that's where people like myself and Julie, financial experts can, can really step in and, and increase this financial literacy. So 
Um, I'm sure it probably will come. It's quite high on the agenda within the government to, to get money talked about within schools, but I still think there's a place for it to be taught within the home and making it a life skill that we as parents need to teach our children. Yeah. So why is it that you think, I, I, maybe this is my stuff, I do kind of filter certain things, but why is it that, that money is such a a kind of black and white subject for people to talk about we don't talk about money and finances and what i've got in my but it's kind of like a secret behind closed doors type thing you know it's, it's my business don't be nosy <laughs> yeah this is the thing isn't it i mean it's been we've probably had it ingrained to us for generations that it's rude to talk about money um, and there are lots of organisations out there when you work for them as an employee that actually encourage you not to discuss salary because it might be that you're doing the same job as someone else, but you're paid differently. Yeah. Um, and that's where it creates this feeling of it being a taboo subject, which is exactly the whole purpose of my my business is to break down that taboo subject and say that it's OK to talk about money and that it's actually a positive thing because we can learn from each other. And yeah. until we start talking about it, we're not going to know. There's lots of things that I share um, through Clubhouse and will be sharing through my podcast that probably you haven't even crossed your mind to think about and didn't even realise how important it was until I start talking about it, which is why we need to make it uh, a regular conversation within our homes and within our, our friends and family. Yeah, because, you know, it, it does link into the, the way that we we work you know whether we're entrepreneurial and whether we are self-employed and work for ourselves or whether you know we like that safety net of being employed by somebody else and you know fear around money a lot of people are scared of being in control of their own money to a certain extent yeah i i read a stat today actually that said 86 percent of people feel some kind of anxiety or stress around money at some point in their life and that is a high statistic um, which is again the whole premise of why it's important to just keep talking about it and get help and support from an expert that really knows how they can remove that worry and that anxiety because I, I believe that it doesn't matter how much you earn as long as you're earning there is no reason to be anxious and stressed about it it's about getting the right structure and getting your spending under control and getting the right help and support to get you on track with your your goals whether that be to create more income or to make your money work harder for you yeah i think we, i my elder two it's kind of like they're adults and grown up now but my my 16 year old we do have interesting conversations around money you know he is a bit of a fantasist in a way that he's 16 now like I said and when he turns 17 he's like yeah I'm gonna get a car and, and everything's like how are you gonna pay for this car where's this car coming from and you know even simple things like you know tax and insurance and MOTs and all the things it's not just the car there's all the other added things that go with it that common sense stuff I think a lot of children are I want to say protected or shielded against because we're not having those conversations with our children a lot of the time no and this is an interesting one a point that you raise here because it's not just children that make this mistake it's adults as well no. there's that there's that common misconception that if I can afford the monthly payment I can afford to get that that thing whatever it is you're buying and a car's a great example because you anyone can go out if you've got a good credit score can go out and get a car on PCP 
and pay a monthly amount for it. And it can be a brand new car and that will set you up nicely for a few years. But if you're not then taking into account that you've got to pay for your insurance and your tax and new tires in a few years time and all of those things, if you're not setting that money aside monthly, then it will it will be of detriment to you later on when you do need to, to pay those outlays. So it might on the face of it look like it's £150 a month, but the true value is more like £250 a month that you need to be tucking away. Um, and that's something that a lot of clients that, that I work with don't realise when they're thinking about those bigger things within our life. It's the same as holidays. You can save up for your holiday, but if you're not tucking money away for food to buy on holiday or presents you might want to buy for other people on holiday or the insurance that you're needed to go on holiday, um, then it's you're not really accounting for the true value of what you want to purchase. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. My, my eldest son, I can, I can remember having distinctly having a conversation with him. It, it, we must have been talking about, this was when he was much younger, about the house. And I kind of dropped into the conversation. Well, it's not our house. We don't own it. And he was like, well, who owns it? I said, the bank manager does, you know, keeping it in simple terms. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I said, well, we pay so much money every month basically to to live in this house but we don't own it and then we got onto the bills and you know we've got the gas the electricity the water we've got to pay the phone bill we've got to pay you know insurance and buildings as well as content and I threw all this stuff at him and he was probably about nine and I think he came to the conclusion that he was never going to live in a house and he was going to live in a tent in a field because he wasn't going to pay other people all this money and not even own the house at the end of the day. And I thought, he's going to go far. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you should mention this, actually, because it's not just around those things you've mentioned, but it's also, you know, accounting for setting some money aside if things go wrong in the house and you need to pay for a new boiler or you need to pay for some light to be fixed in your house or whatever it is. And then on top of that, it's, house improvements you know every year you might want to do something in your garden or redecorate a bedroom or you know something or another whereas if you don't account for that then it, it can be quite costly so I think your son's on the right track to be honest I, I would be all up for living in a tent for the rest of he my is, life he is as a 32 year old he actually lives in a camper van now so he, he owns a house but he rents it out but he is he is quite doing the same thing so what would you say to those parents out there that are possibly listening to this that say you know kids should be kids we should just let them be kids and not worry about all the grown-up stuff that inevitably they're going to have to deal with but they don't need to know about the ins and outs of all of this stuff they're just going to get overwhelmed with it all yeah I mean there is definitely an argument for that but I think if you can share some some money habits in a in a fun way um, and make it into a game make it into simplistic terms ensuring that when they are dealing with any kind of money that you're explaining to them as I've said before around the different pots and what money can do for you and how it can be it, it can be really a great place to be able to create choice and options um, so I, I do agree to an extent that it's stuff that they don't necessarily need to be worried about, but it's definitely stuff that they need to be educated about. So you could almost caveat it with when they start asking around how the house is paid for and you're explaining to them as you did with your son. But don't worry, this isn't nothing, you, you know, this isn't anything you need to worry about right now, but it's something to, to keep in mind for the future. But 
to be honest, in this day and age, goodness knows what holds for our, for our children. They're going to be working in a different way. The chances are a lot more of them are going to be entrepreneurs, probably working from home, may well be much more aware of how to build wealth. Um, interesting you say about your son living in a camper van because we're seeing more and more young adults coming through and choosing to buy property to rent out rather than living in property and then renting a property elsewhere for themselves so that they don't have that liability of having to uh, make sure that their house is all as it should be and, and paying out for the cost of any fixtures or fittings that need doing so um, it is becoming more and more popular by renting a property and buying a property to let out and creating an income from it so um, that goes back to that old myth doesn't it of when we were growing up where they say uh you know find find a partner get married buy a house have children settle down um, and I, I don't think our children are going to grow up in that world. It's going to be very different for them. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's he, he's very level-headed, but he also doesn't like being tied down. So I think, do you know what I mean? Being a bit of a free spirit, um, he's ex-military, so he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like being tied down to anything. So, yeah, it just it allows him to have the freedom, but the stability is there. There's, there's, I was thinking when you were talking about doing things fun for kids about Monopoly, and one of the games, I'm not sure whether you've heard of it, that my, my eldest son bought for us all to play over Christmas was called Cash Flow. No, I haven't heard of it. Which it's kind of like a, a, a two-pronged approach where you get caught in the rat race where you're just earning to pay money, but then you just need one, one good decision and you get out of the rat race. And then this game is phenomenal because you start off you know, having a career, whether you're a banker or a doctor, but if you're a doctor, then your kids go to private school and you've got more outgoings. Whereas if you're a manual worker, you haven't got as many outgoings. And it's it's set up so that you've got all these variables. And my son's 16-year-old son's head was just blown. It was like, what? It's like, well, if you have a good job, usually you spend more because you like to have a nice car and you have free holidays and your children go to private school. So you don't necessarily have more available cash to somebody that does a manual job who doesn't earn as much, but they scale back on the outgoings. So there's different ways of looking at money and finances. Yeah, I think that game sounds great because it just, as you say, opens up the eyes and, and allows children to see the options available to them and how it's not just as black and white as the more money you earn, the wealthier you are. Because yeah. I believe that we can all be wealthy. It's around what how we control our spending yeah. and what we commit to, what our liabilities are, and then what we do with that spare money and how we use it. There's no reason why someone that's earning slightly above minimum wage could become very very wealthy just by tucking away 50 pounds 100 pounds a month into an investment yeah and i think it's all around mindset and the rules that we have whether they're instilled in us or whether they're our own rules whichever way you look at it but it, it's it's around money mindset a lot of the time yeah and that just goes back full circle doesn't it to some of the messages we had as children and yeah. the the money habits that our parents displayed um there's lots of favorite ones <laughs> yeah and, and that again comes back to why i do what i do because if you want to make sure that your children are on the best footing for their financial future then it's important that they get the right messages displayed to them 
um, that's going to educate them and open options and, and gives them the choice ultimately, which is what we want for all of our children, yeah. regardless of what their choices are. Yeah, and that's it. it, it you know, it's making an educated decision and choice and yeah we're gonna make mistakes we might be frivolous and buy that one-off thing that we really want and when we get it it's like yeah that cost a lot and it's not really as good as what I thought it is but it's learning from that experience so sharing it as well I think you told me a previous story about how your your older son shares things with your younger son so that he can he can learn from his mistakes that he's made along the way so he doesn't make the same ones and I think if we can do that as parents then that's that's really valuable yeah and and I think you know it with my youngest and my eldest my youngest son doesn't listen to a word I say whereas when his his brother who isn't that much older than him is talking about finances and, and money in a in an open way it's not you know you need to do this you need to do that it's just about exploring it you know we'll often give him a quandary and say right well you've got 50 quid and you need this this and this whatever you're going to work it out what you're going to do and it's just getting him to think you know logically about money and how we can make it work for us whatever situation we're in yeah definitely that that comes back to that whole conscious doesn't it that conscious purchase yeah. Of, okay, well, if I do this now, this is what I really want, but what else could I do with that money? Where else could I use it? Which is exactly the reason why if I want to buy something, I always leave it in my basket for 24 hours, just in case, because quite often I'll think, oh, I really want to get this, that and the other, but I have to leave it in my basket for 24 hours. And if I still want it after that, then fine, I'll go ahead. But if I don't, then it just gives me a little bit more of a breathing room rather than having those impulsive spending moments. <laughs> That's a really good tip. I was going to ask you, there's, a, there's two questions that I always like to end things on. One is, you know, if, if you had a top tip or a top three tips to to leave people with, what would they be? And the, the other question is, what would you say to your 20-year-old self or your younger self? So Yeah, so top tips-wise, definitely leaving things in your basket is... Love is that one. For 24 yeah. hours. Um, the other thing is around educating yourself on credit score. It's something that's not talked about enough, um, but I believe it's one of our most important, important assets and something that we should be educating our, our teenagers on, really, before they get dumped with a credit score and don't understand it. Um, and then the third thing is something we've already mentioned around giving every pound a purpose. I use something called a zero-based spending planner where when you get paid, you literally allocate that money out so you know exactly where it's going throughout the month and you're not, um, you know, you're not frivolously spending just because you think you should. You're completely in control of all your different goals and your pots of money. Um, and it, if anyone wants access to that, then I'm happy for them to contact me. I'm, I can send that free spending planner over to them. Brilliant. I need that as well. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be glad to. So um, what so, would you say to your younger self? Yeah, I was thinking about this, actually, because you kindly sort of prepared me that this is a question you ask. And I try really hard not to regret anything in my life. But I think if I look back now, I wish that I'd experienced living a little bit more rather than getting involved in building a career and building a family. So um, after I finished education, education at 18, I went straight into working at the bank. I had no, in, in actual fact, I think on record, it was the 3rd of July. So I started in the bank on the 3rd of July after finishing at the end of June, um, wow. my, my college course. So I literally had no breathing room. Um, and I wish looking back that I'd gone off and 
seen the world um, after I finished my studying. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I have, I have seen a lot of the world through having a, a solid income. And I've been really fortunate to, to do that when my friends were at university and I was earning a good income from the bank. I, I saw some amazing countries and things, but I think if I'd had that opportunity to explore the world before being tied down with those commitments and things and doing a little bit of soul searching would have really paid dividends. That's something that I want to talk to my children about and encourage them to do because all too often we get caught up in what society tells us we need to do. Yeah. Um, and I definitely followed that. It was finish college, get a job, find a man, settle down, get married, have kids. And there was no bit in between around me and what I wanted and my soul searching um, and, and experiencing a little bit of life before I went down that path of being so driven on my career. So, yeah, I think that again, this is maybe, you know, just to finish up on, there's a bit of a generational thing there as well. You know, do you believe that it's different for females than males as far as, you know, thinking long term about a career and all that sort of stuff? My, my generation or my mum was always my daughter is in the RAF and my eldest was in the army. She's, you know, she's quite driven in her career, but it's kind of like, I can remember my mum saying, why, why are you encouraging her to do well at school? She's only going to get married and have kids anyway. And I was like, no, that's not how it is. Yeah. I really hope that um, things are changing away from that. And that I, I definitely want to be encouraging. She's four now, my daughter, but I'm trying my hardest to encourage her, her fierceness and her independence because I want her to go off into this big world world and feel like she can achieve anything. Um, when I was growing up, I was very much encouraged to build a career. It was actually my father who encouraged me to go and apply um, to the bank and build a career where I could see the longevity and, and become a high income earner. So I've got him to thank for that. And I don't think he discounted me because I was female if anything he he encouraged me and taught me how to be a woman living in a man's world because let's face it banking is predominantly men yeah. um and certainly when i got into senior leadership it i was surrounded by men so yeah. i really had to learn to to hold my own in a male dominant um industry so i'm really thankful for that but i definitely saw those examples as you had jackie where um you know other friends were sort of being encouraged to do your studying, get a mediocre job because you're going to be settling down and having children and things shortly. So yeah. it doesn't and even, you know, thinking, I can remember I, I videoed all three of my kids on their first day at school just for something to look back on. And the question I asked them was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they all had their different things. But the one thing with my daughter, she said she wanted to be a mummy and a nurse. And I thought that was lovely. It wasn't either or. Yeah. You know, and I've always encouraged them that if you put your mind to it, there's nothing that you can't achieve. Yes, it might yeah. take hard work, but you can do it. I and really I think do. the other I... thing, you know, men tend to often, and I don't want to stereotype, but men tend to take the lead as far as money and finances within family units a lot of the time. Women, you know, yeah, usually stop at home and do the childcare and all those sort of things. So again, it's that stereotypical, what role do we play in a partnership that's interesting? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that we're moving more towards equality, certainly with things like um, shared maternity leave and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm still getting a lot of females coming to me to say, 
since I've become a mother, I've given up my career, I've kind of lost myself, I don't have financial independence from this relationship that I'm in, um, help me, help me get my financial independence back, help me find myself. Um, and it's something you have to be quite conscious of as you, as you go into parenthood. Um, I love what you just said, though, about asking your children what they want to be when they grow up, because I really hate it when people say that to my children, and then they start off with, to my daughter, they'll say, oh, do you want to be a nursery nurse or do you want to be a hairdresser or do you want to be a beautician and I just love to chime in with well she might be a firefighter she might be yep. an astronaut yep. <laughs> might be, you know I really sort of go hell for leather on the extremes um and, and try and educate her and also backwards for the boys as well you know yeah. if you want to be a hairdresser then go for it I'm going to support you in that let's yeah. you know let's rock the hairdressing world so I, I I try really hard to move away from those gender typical um comments uh, I could talk about this subject for hours. <laughs> Me too. I just love it. I, I'd like to think that I've brought all my children up to just be who they are, whoever that is, whether they're male, female. You know, it's about running with it. My, to be fair, my daughter doesn't suit being in a military uniform holding a weapon. It doesn't. It doesn't fit what's in my head with her. She, I, she's still my little girl. To see her when she's got all the garb on, it doesn't. It's like, yeah, that's that's not who you are. But yeah, that's just me looking at my kids. But yeah, it's about, you know, encouraging our kids to be whoever they want to be when they grow up. As long as they've got, you know, see, that's me going back to all generations. I always used to make sure that when my daughter went out, she had money to phone home. That, that was, and I was just going to say, as long as they've got enough money in their back pocket, then that you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think definitely money provides choice and option and yeah. security in those these examples. But I'd like to think, like you've just said there about your daughter, is that you can be feminine and be a girl's girl and be working in a man's world or a male dominant um, world. And that sounds like what your daughter's achieving. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And there's loads of women out there and there's loads of men that want to be exactly like you said, nursery nurses or or things that are seen, you know, stereotypically as female type jobs. Yeah. So I think we're, we're kind of coming from the same the same place with a lot of this stuff. So I thank you so much for being here. I hope everybody's got something out of this with the little gems that, that you've passed on and all the contact details will be in the show notes. So what was that thing that people can access? Zero something so more. i've got a spending planner is the simplest way to say it so they right. can access a spending planner so that they can assign their money throughout the month um to ensure that they're getting the most out of their money um and there'll be lots of hints and tips within my podcast about this as well i think it's episode seven or eight that i talk about spending planner and the benefits of those so um please come along and listen to my, my my new podcast money savvy parents yeah definitely and get involved and talk about money with your kids it's yeah. it's not a taboo subject it's not something that needs to be behind closed doors the sooner we can throw the curtains back and let them see that it's not the wizard of oz there's a little man sat behind her and it's not all secrets and fantasy stuff that they can be in control of it the better for everybody so thank you so much for being on this podcast and um i'll give all the details so people can get in touch with you and look forward to listening to the podcast money savvy parents in april thanks jackie i really appreciate it take care speak soon thanks take care thanks for listening to this episode of living life being human podcast Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. 
And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.